Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited for this episode. If I was a listener, and I'm not just saying this because we've got like 20 episodes out there, but if I was a listener, this would be my favorite one to listen to or argue with. Like um, when I was coming up with these names and this, and I built this bracket, like I cannot wait to see who we picked to come out of it. And I'm sure you kind of would know what we're talking about if you listened to our last episode or if you read the title of this episode. Um, But that being said, we are doing a four-week series that's like a massive March Madness bracket. So we are, once again, being inspired by the NCAA tournament. That's probably going to be a theme with this podcast. But we are taking 64 villains, 64 of the most iconic villains that you could think of, and we're putting them into a tournament bracket, and we're going to see who we consider the best villain ever. And the twist to how we're doing it is that in the NCAA tournament, they have they have regions. They have South or you know Midwest, whatever. Well, we are doing a horror villain region. We are doing a superhero villain region. We're doing a Disney slash cartoon villain region. And then we're doing like a, a classic slash other slash miscellaneous villain region. So each region is going to have its own winner. And then we'll have uh, the finale, which will be the final four of best villains. So um, this week we are starting with horror movie villains. And there's some heavy hitters in this bracket. I'm excited to talk about them. I am very passionate about horror movies and about scary movies. Um, so this is going to be probably the one that I argue the most on, I would say. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. We did bring in a third-party person. Um, and by bring in, I mean we have via text a third-party person, our friend Colin. He is going to serve as our tiebreaker. So if me and Brian disagree as to who should move on as the winner in each face-off, Colin will provide the tiebreaker answer. He doesn't know which of us side with which side, if that makes sense. So he doesn't know what we think. He's just expressing what he thinks, and then he's becoming the tiebreaker. So. Very unbiased. Also, Colin likes me more, so. <laughs> um, we'll explain a little bit more about the bracket when we get there. Uh, that's going to be our the, the final thing that we do here. Um, first, we are doing our, well, another bracket. We are doing the second round of beer battles. So um, we started 
with eight drinks each. I had eight beers, and they all played their first round games, and now we're finally into some winners. So my two drinks that are facing off this week are the Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry Daiquiri. I went to like four different stores trying to find this. Ugh, I was not giving up. I did it for you guys. I did it for you guys. Versus the White Claw Hard Seltzer Pineapple, which I was very shocked by. Very shocked by. So I honestly, I feel like the Strawberry Daiquiri, like I remember it being really, really good. Like really, really good. But I don't know. I really don't know. It's getting into the to the good ones. Yeah, I know. It's like the first time we're like we can be really excited about what we're drinking. And we are recording on a Saturday before we go to a concert. Usually we record on Sunday mornings and well, you never have to force me to drink a beer. It's not always my first go to on a Sunday morning. But these are ones that I'd be drinking if I wasn't on the podcast anyways, so I'm pretty happy too. Can you remind us what your seltzers beats to get here? Yeah, so I have my bracket here. Um, the bracket does need some updating. So if you see the one on our Instagram, I will be updating it. Um, sorry. Me and technology, believe it or not, are not the best of friends. But I somehow managed to figure it out to run these social media accounts. But that being said, I do need to update it. So on my side, the Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry Daiquiri beat the Vizzy Blackberry Lemon. You know how I feel about seltzers that have no flavor. That one was knocked out pretty much right away. And then to get here for the pineapple one, it had to beat the White Claw Surge, which is a stronger White Claw, Blood Orange. Once again... All of my competitions have been pretty easy, and the pineapple one won by a landslide because the White Claw Surge Blood Orange tasted like straight like vodka, pretty much. I don't even think White Claws are vodka, but it tasted like straight vodka. And then today I have the Sam Adams Summer Ale Seasonal and the Louise Demise Amber Ale. And who did these beers beat to get here yes so once again handy dandy bracket on the instagram that needs to be updated don't judge me um louis demise beat fat tire to get here and uh seasonal summer ale is it sam adams beat oberon oh that one was controversial that one surprised me but here we are once again like brian said like these are actual drinks that we know we're gonna like the only question is, which one are we going to like more? So, Brian already opened his beer. I'm not going to explain them much because we did that in round one. Um, but I am starting with the Sam Adams Summer Ale. And it's 90 degrees outside right now. So, this beer is meant to be refreshing for the summer. Um, and it's already, it's, it's hitting the spot. Y'all already know I did not open my can off podcast, off mic. That was the best one yet. I say that every time. So what are you starting with? I'm starting with the Bud Light Strawberry Daiquiri. So while we sip on these, let's start the first of our other two segments. And we talked about this last week a little bit, too. Um... 
back in January, Kelsey and I gave our top five movies that we were looking forward to between January 1st, 2021 and June 30th, 2021. And on the last episode, we gave the reviews on those. So now we are going to give our top five movies that we're looking forward to seeing the rest of the year. If, I mean, just for an example, Black Widow was on my first list and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, So I'm not going to include it because I've already talked about it. And uh, I don't know if you have any movies like that. Um, no, I don't have any movies that were really pushed back like that. I just have movies that I haven't seen. So obviously we are at the end of the month of July right now. So we are picking movies from July to the end of the year. But some of these movies have already come out, obviously, possibly, since it is the end of July. So just keep that in mind. So my first takeaway when coming up with this list was that we are back to movie seasons. Like, 2020 was pretty slow for movies. Every blockbuster was kind of being pushed back. Only There's a couple that came out, but, I mean, for the most part, blockbusters were being pushed back. And what that ended up doing for us, because me and Kelsey watch, we go to the movies a lot. We watch a lot of movies. We ran into, like, a drought of movies that we would that we were looking forward to. When we did the review last week, I realized, hey, there's a couple movies I still need to catch up on. And then I did this list, and I'm like, holy cow, there are some bangers coming our way. So I'm excited. If you like to watch movies, you should be excited. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. I agree. And also, I'm really excited for some horror films. Can I just say? Yeah, it looked like there's some... None of the horror films made my list, but there's some good horror films coming out, it looks like. I feel like this is horror's time to kind of... Horror's... I feel like this is like horror movies and scary movies time for like a revamp where we're actually going to start getting like good Rotten Tomatoes reviews and good IMDb reviews because we're putting new twists and we're making horror more of an art again, if that makes sense. All right. Well, give us your top five. Well, as you can imagine, most of them are horror films, (laughs) as I've already hinted. My first one is one that's already out. I haven't really seen a lot of promotion for it. And in fact, I don't even know if it went to theaters. Um, but it's called Till Death. Um, it is about... Kind of reminds me of The Invisible Man that came out a couple years ago. Um, this woman is kind of having a stagnant relationship with her husband... And she wakes up to find herself cuffed to her dead husband's body. Um, but it's kind of like his game on her, if that makes sense. And it doesn't really make sense. So that's why I'm so intrigued to watch it. It stars Megan Fox, who is kind of having a revamp right now in Hollywood. She hasn't been in anything for a little bit. And now she's kind of coming back into film. And it has a 93%. On Rotten Tomatoes. That's really good. Only has a 5.7. Or sorry. 5.8 on IMDb. But a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what really intrigued me. The trailer looks good. But I mean you can make any trailer look good. You just piece together all the good parts of the movie. So I am excited for that. That does sound like the Invisible Man story. And we're not going to talk about the Invisible Man. Except I do want to say... There's a scene in that movie that was like the biggest what the F moment 
I've seen in a while. <laughs> I know exactly what scene you're talking Let's about. Let's not ruin it for people, but oh if you've seen gosh. that movie, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, watch it, and then you'll know. Um, so my first movie coming out that I'm looking forward to seeing, and we're we're doing this chronologically, so um, by release date, is Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. The first G.I. Joe movie that came out was what I would consider a genre-specific good watch. Like, if you're into those kind of movies, yeah, it's a decent watch. But it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't too excited about it. But the Snake Eyes character was sick. By far, before I even knew Snake Eyes was getting his own movie, I thought he was the most intriguing character uh, that they had in that movie. So when they showed, like, an origin movie for Snake Eyes, uh, I was all aboard. And I think they announced it a couple years ago. And that it's that it's finally here. Yeah, I'm stoked. And I don't know if it's going to be for everybody, but I'm excited. G.I. Joe fan growing up. Favorite character from the first movie. Sign me up. I think that's going to be one that our uh, assistant judge, Colin, ends up going to with you. Because I will not be there, probably. Me and Kelsey have this thing where, like, somehow I get roped into going to all of her horror movies. But when something like Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins come out, she says, oh, no, I don't really want to see that. So at least I have Colin. Colin will go see anything. Like, he's a trooper. That's why I think he's perfect for this horror genre, because I know that he's seen probably 95% of these movies, at least. He's our movie buddy. But I'm going to guess that that's one that we'll be going to see. But it's hard because, like, my whole list is movies that I don't think you're going to have any interest in. And I bet I get dragged to all five of your stupid horror movies. Well, I'm sorry. I was going to be optimistic and say, we'll see. Maybe I'll like one of your movies. But apparently, we're just coming into this with a negative mindset. Number two for me is Don't Breathe 2. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. The original? I'm excited. So they're making a second one. I'm there might be some spoilers when I'm discussing this, but in the original Don't Breathe, you're a little confused as to who you want to side with. Like, there's this older man living in a house. He's blind, and he has recently came into a large settlement of money. So these kind of criminals slash, like, they just want to be able to escape their town kind of kids um, break into his house to steal the money. Well, it turns out he's, like, a crazy, like, I don't even know how to describe him. Like, booby-trapping his whole house, like, psychopath. And he's, like, fighting them off. But you do kind of feel bad for him because you're like, oh, my gosh, he's, like, deaf and he's old. And, like, they're taking advantage of him and they're trying to steal his money, which he got because I believe his daughter died in a car accident, which is why he got the settlement. Well, then we find out in the end that this man is not one for you to have pity with because he is a terrible person. And that's kind of like the twist ending. I won't say what the twist is, but we end up not siding with him in the end, obviously. Well, in the second movie, once again, they want you to feel bad for him. They want you to think he's a changed person from what I gather. And the people that break into his house again... Because there's different people that break into his house, are more trained. They are professional criminals, essentially, and they come more prepared. So it's more of a face off versus in the first one, it's these people that didn't know what they were getting themselves into. 
Um, so I'm really excited for it. I read a little bit about it. And once again, it's the same thing. Like you're going to go into it feeling bad for him. They're going to trap you and th- make you think he's a good person like they did with the first one. And then something at the end of this movie, from what I understand, changes your perspective again. Have you seen the trailer for it yet? I have. And the it's awesome. Trailer is dope. Like that was a lot of electricity. You change who you're cheering for like three different times in the trailer. You're literally watching the trailer, like thinking like, oh, did he ever end up being a bad guy in the last film? Right. And then you're like, wait, 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 wait. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> when did when does that one come out? Um, That one is coming out August 13th. And I don't think I said with my first one. My first one came out July 1st. So right on the deadline of the second half. Okay, so my second movie is one that I am positive. Yeah, you drink that Bud Light seltzer over there because you are not going to be interested in this. It's called The Green Knight, and it is a fantasy movie about Sir... I'm not even sure how to say his name. Sir Guywin. He is... Um, You've heard of King Arthur, I, I assume, right? King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table? Yeah, he's the one that can't get the sword out of the rock. Yeah, for better. I mean, he's the one that gets the sword of the rock. Oh. (laughs) But regardless, um, this is a story about his nephew. And his nephew in this movie is played by Dev Patel, who coincidentally is um, the actor in Slumdog Millionaire. Hmm. He's actually, I watched him. He's in a movie about some math legend, Ramanujan. That was very good, too. Dev Patel is a very underrated actor. I watched a movie completely about math, and I and it was really good because of how good Dev Patel is. But regardless, he plays King Arthur's nephew. I'm not. I have no idea what the story is. The trailer is really trippy. I think on purpose. Um, he's supposed to be fighting some monster and goes on a quest, and so I'm not really sure what it's about. But I don't really care. I'm down for a King Arthur movie. You lost me at fantasy. And then you lost me at Quest. <laughs> and that movie comes out July 30th. See what I mean? Like, there's a lot of movies already either out that we need to watch or that are coming out really soon. So, Well, keeping in mind, summer is a huge time for films. Also, things are starting to open back up. So things are being released. And December, November, those are big times for movies, too. It was very hard to pick five films. I will say that. This one I'm really excited about, and I've been talking to Brian about it for a while, is Candyman. Candyman comes out August 27th, 2021. It is a remake, obviously. There's lots of Candyman films out there. But this one is co-written and produced by Jordan Peele. And man, can that guy do horror get out um us us oh my gosh that one was creepy i'm very excited for this like you said uh jordan peele is he's a comedian by trade but he is bringing like an art to horror films and i'm very interested to see what he does with the new candy man that trailer is pretty cool too isn't it funny that a comedian has this kind of like brain to make these horror yeah, films. I love it though. Like we talked about that la- last episode when we were talking about Spiral. 
Like to see Chris Rock in horror is awesome. To see Jordan Peele make a horror movie. I mean, there's a, there was a lot of room for failure with us, but it it lived up to my expectations for sure. The twists. I don't know if I liked. I don't know if I liked the ending so much, but it was it was fresh. Fresh is a good way to put it. And like, I feel like when he came into the horror movie game, like things could have gone like either really, really well or really, really bad. And I think people were almost shocked how well they went. Like they were shocked how much they liked it. But I am obsessed with anything his name is attached to. Um, And I'm not sure if I already said this, but this movie comes out August 27th. My countdown has started. So my next one has asterisks in my notes because I need to talk to some people who have seen The Sopranos and I need to know if I need to watch The Sopranos before I watch this movie. I hope not because the movie looks freaking fabulous. But if it must be done, I can I can watch how many seasons of The Sopranos are there? Probably a lot. It's like The Simpsons, I think. It like went on forever. Yeah, you know what? On second thought, I don't think I'm going to watch them all. I'm sure I will at some point. Sometime down the road, I will catch up and watch The Sopranos. But The Many Gangs of Newark, coming out September 24th, is a prequel about young Tony Soprano. And you said I wouldn't be interested in any of your films, but I'll have you know I looked at that movie. Now, it didn't make my list because, once again, there were so many to pick from, and I could only pick five. Um, but I looked at that movie, so you're already wrong in this episode. You haven't seen The Sopranos either, have you? No, I mean, I have some knowledge about it just from, like, you know, I like to watch those, like, YouTube top tens. Top ten most shocking television scenes or whatever, you know? So I have seen, like, parts of it, but not enough to, like, have a full conclusion about what the whole series is about. And there's no way that I'm getting through it between now and September. So as of right now, unless someone listening says that I cannot do it this way, I'm probably going to watch the movie before the series. I don't feel like that's wrong. I mean, you could probably find things on the internet like top 10 things you need to know before seeing that movie, you know? My number four comes out October 29th, so we jump to fall, and it is called Antlers, a horror film, obviously. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's like a local legend kind of horror. Um, there is a school teacher who starts to see these like drawings or essentially, yeah, drawing sketches um, from this child in her class of, like, this creature come to find out this kid is, like, from what I gathered, like, sacrificing things to this murderous creature in this small town. So I'm really interested in urban legends and kind of these ghost stories that people have about their towns. For example, when we went to Boston, Kelsey's favorite thing, it wasn't going to Fenway. It wasn't going to the Sam Adams Brewery. Nothing, nothing like that. It was going to visit the Lizzie Borden house. Well, and not like uh, that is like, you know, that's like their pride and joy for some people. 
Like some people are like, oh, I live in Boston where the Red Sox play or, you know, but for some people they are like, hey, we have a murder house here. And that's like what their town is known for. Like. Does that relate to your antler thing? If it doesn't, I'm sorry. No, it does. Okay. So basically what I'm just saying is like, I just find it very interesting. Some of the folklore and some of the um, urban legends out there. I'm a big believer in urban legends, though. Like, I will not even say blank Mary. See, I don't want to say it right now because there's mirrors in this room. I I don't know. That stuff scares me. But I really enjoy watching films about it. I will say that. So I'm very interested for that one. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much for y'all on that one. And then my number four is coming out November 19th. And it is Top Gun Maverick. And I don't really need to talk about Top Gun. If you've seen Top Gun, you probably know what this movie is going to be about. Tom Cruise doing stunts in airplanes. It's going to be sweet. Um, but it just brings me to a quick little hitter that I have about reboots. It's gotten really, really mainstream for people to complain about reboots. And I'm not going to come out here. I'm not going to say that every reboot is good. Um, there has been some flops. But I do not mind Hollywood doing reboots because, you know what? Seeing Top Gun in 2021 is going to be cool. I'm down for that one, too. See, you misread me a lot because I'm down to go see that one. And, like, you listed Candyman as a reboot. So, like, there's a place in Hollywood for reboots. And if you don't, if that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. So, And I hope people aren't too harsh on that film because... As we found out when we played our IMDb game, the original Top Gun actually didn't get as good of a rating as I thought it would have, which I was kind of shocked by. So hopefully people are able to come in with a fresh perspective with this one and not just be like, oh, it's just Tom Cruise trying to, you know, make money off of this legendary film. You know what I mean? Which, first of all, is his right to do because he was in the original film, but whatever. Tom Cruise is one of the few people who's actually in his 30-year-later reboot as the same character. It looks exactly the same. Whether plastic surgery helped or not, I'm not sure, but he looks exactly the same. So, my last film for the second half of 2021 is House of Gucci. Now, I do not believe that there is a trailer out for this film yet. But listen to this. It is directed by Ridley Scott, which is a legendary director. And it is starring Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. I mean, come on. Also has Jared Leto, Al Pacino. Like, this is going to be a heavy hitter with the stars, I think. Essentially, it's about the rocky marriage, later divorce, later murder via hitman. Yeah, things get really intense. Um, between, I'm going to probably murder the pronunciation of these names, Patricia, Patricia and Mauricio Gucci, um, which are the head of the Gucci fashion house. Um, but like I said, their marriage ends in murder. So Patricia. But it's not spelled that way. Did you look up how it's spelled? That's how you spell Patricia. It has a Z in it. 
See, it's probably pronounced Patricia, and I tried to make it fancy in Italian, and I just completely destroyed it. So I'm excited for that because, you know, I like true crime, and that has true crime written all over it, plus a little bit of fashion, so. And my final film is probably going to be the one that tops everything we've just listed in the box office. Do you have a guess? I will bet, before I even say the movie, I will bet you it beats every movie we just listed in the box office. I know. Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home. Pretty impressed by me, aren't you? What's interesting about this Spider-Man is, I, I, I can't say for sure, but I have a very strong inkling um, for the people that say, oh, I don't like the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man or I like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I have an inkling that we're going to get some Spider-Verse in this, and we might have multiple Spider-Men in this movie. Hmm. So anyone that is caught up on Loki, uh, we'll talk about that another time. I could talk about Loki forever. That was such a good series that just ended. It introduced us into the multiverse, which is a whole unique concept but i think they strategically released it before spider-man so when spider-man comes out we have an understanding of why there are so many multiples of spider-man so very exciting um that comes out december 17th and tom holland and zendaya are dating now in real life yeah let's go had to get my pop culture knowledge in there real quick they were seen making out in a vehicle Alrighty, guys. Are you ready? Okay, we are going to start the horror villain region of villain madness, we'll call it. And looking at some of these names, I mean, like, there are some heavy hitters. I could see. A lot of these villains winning other brackets if they were in them, um, but only one can come out of this. Um, how I how I rated them, because I've already got some feedback from people saying that some of these guys are rated too low. I simply took all 16 villains, and I took their movie that they're in. And if it's a, a villain-like example, Jason Voorhees, I took the original Friday the 13th. And... I ranked them by how many IMDb fan votes that they have. For example, the number one seed is Hannibal Lecter because Silence of the Lambs has 1.3 million fan votes on IMDb. Uh, the movie is just super popular. And then the 16th seed that it's going to be playing against is Chucky. And while Chucky might be a horrifying villain, um, it only had 47,000 votes on IMDb. So it... Uh, is by default the 16 seed. And by the way, it was very difficult to get down to 16 villains for this category, for this region, I should say. So just keep that in mind. If we don't have one of your favorites, first of all, let us know if we left out somebody that you think should have been in the region. We'd love to hear about it. Um, but on top of that, do not be upset because there was some lively debate on how to get down to just 16. So 
and the final region that we're going to do is an other region. Like there's an other in there. So if we left out someone that you think really should have been in here, we can throw that in the other bracket. And speaking of which, we know that there are some legendary, maybe not traditional horror villains that you're all thinking of. But like Brian said, just wait because they might show up in a different region. All right. So without further ado, let's start the tournament. I'm so excited. Oh, real quick. Do you want to crack our second beer? Yeah. The the strawberry daiquiri one is not as good as I remember it being, which is interesting. And it could have been because we had just started the tournament. So maybe I, I hadn't really tested other seltzers yet. Um, It was good. But I am interested to see how it does against this pineapple one. The Sam Adams Summer Ale was every bit as good as I remembered. Probably better because it's we're even further into summer right now. Um, top notch. Top notch. Ooh, not as impressive, but listen to that sizzle. <laughs> Yeah, this is so different. The Louise Demise is so different. This is an amber ale, and I love my ambers. Uh, it actually beats Fat Tire, which is another beer that I knew that I liked. So Louise Demise being here is uh, it's kind of the first upset of the tournament for me. And, yeah, it's it's very good itself. It's very different, but very good. So I'm going to have a hard decision to make when we get done with this. I agree. Um this pineapple one, I think I said this last time I tried it, just reminds me of a pina colada. It's very good. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's get started. So if you want to follow along, uh, pause the episode real quick. Go to the Take a Seat, Not a Side Facebook page or the Take a Seat, Not a Side Instagram page, and you can see the bare bones bracket that we have built up. And then uh, you can see... you can. We will not be posting a final bracket because we don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't heard the episode yet. Game one. The one seed Hannibal Lecter versus the 16 seed Chucky. And we are picking based on who we think is the best overall villain. I have to start by saying I hate dolls. You know this. We've referenced this before. I hate dolls. But you know what I hate more? The idea of someone eating me. Yeah, there's something very eerie about cannibalism. And when you're looking at villains, you really have to think about what's scarier. A person that in a second could eat your face off? Or a doll with a knife? Who, if you're really thinking about it, comes up to, like, your calf and that you could probably punt across the room. Yeah, that's what always got me about Chucky. But you have to remember, Chucky has the strength of the man that possesses the doll. So he's he has the strength of a full man. Um, he's just in the form of a doll. But still, I mean, it's hard to get past that. But Hannibal Lecter, as creepy as it is, kind of comes up as a as a normal man. I don't want to say normal. He's far from normal. But he's he's a man. He's a serial killer. 
and that's something to say about the silence of the lambs in general is that it's a horror movie that doesn't use like uh ghosts or demons exactly yeah so while chucky maybe creeped me out more as a kid if i'm voting for the better villain i am voting for hannibal lecter and both are terrifying I mean, to have, like, I don't know, Chucky chasing you through the house with a knife, like, is obviously terrifying. Um, To have Hannibal Lecter standing in your house ready to eat you like a pot roast is also terrifying. I think because reality sets in and encountering a Hannibal Lecter is a little bit more likely than encountering a Chucky. I think I'm going to go with Hannibal Lecter. And while Kelsey and I agree on this, let's take a look to see what our guest picker said. Colin Stocking also said Hannibal. So that's a clean sweep. 3-0 for Hannibal. All righty. Moving on. Now, this one is really tough. It's the eight-seed Michael Myers versus the nine seed Freddy Krueger. And you can make a case for either one of these being maybe a one or two seed in a horror movie villain bracket. But I didn't make the rules. Okay, I actually did make the rules. <laughs> I tried to take all bias out of this. If I would have listed them like one through 16 based on who I think is the best villain or the most iconic villain, kind of would have taken out the suspense of actually voting against Kelsey. So, um, here we are. I have some thoughts. I think Michael Myers murdering you is preventable in a way. Like, you can at least take steps to try and prevent it. You can lock your doors. You can board up your windows. You can install a security system. I mean, look at Jamie Lee Curtis in the most recent Halloween. She decked out her house preparing for him to come now given he still made it inside but still you know what I mean still definitely terrifying still definitely someone that most likely is going to get in your house but Freddy Krueger if you fall asleep you're screwed everyone falls asleep you can't go without sleeping (laughs) that's a that's a good way to put it so if we're going with a, who's most likely still to get you? And B, what's a more terrifying scenario? Something you might be able to prevent? Or something that your body is just naturally going to do and it might just get you killed? I think I'm going to have to go with Freddy Krueger. I came into this round thinking two things. I was thinking, one, I probably have to lean Michael Myers. Just, just off the top of my head, probably Michael Myers. Two, I thought that you were going to completely crap on Freddy and vote Michael Myers. But you just might have convinced me. You might have convinced me. I still think Halloween, like I said before in the last episode, the scariest scene for me is just him standing out the window because, and just staring across the street into her house because that's something that realistically could happen. But that doesn't mean that... The idea of falling asleep killing you isn't scary. I mean, as I recently learned, like, you actually won't make it 
that many days without sleep. Like going without sleep can kill you. And I think it's actually a very short period of time. It's like five days. If you go like five days or something like that, something short without sleep, you can die. So can you really avoid it? I will say I enjoy the Halloween movies more. Um, but this is not, remember, this is not a tournament of which movies we like better. It is who we think is the better villain. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough for me. Um, again, they both bring a lot to the table. I think. Now, I know Michael Myers is like indestructible himself. You know, there's another Halloween movie coming out here in a few months. So he obviously did not die in the one that we thought he died in last year. Um, But Freddy Krueger, how do you kill somebody that's living in your dreams? That's that is a little bit more eerie to me. I'm going to I'm going to go with Freddy Krueger. Who did Colin vote for? Once again, not that it matters because we're actually agreeing with each other. I feel like he went with Michael Myers. Colin went with Michael Myers. Oh, yeah. Oh, Colin. All right. Next, we have the five seed Pazuzu versus the 12 seed Leatherface. Pazuzu is the demon from the classic movie The Exorcist. And Leatherface is the villain in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. I feel like this one is harder than the last round because... Well, these ones are just so different. Well, it's different, but they're both kind of scary. Like, if you believe in demons, then essentially you have to believe that unless you're taking up some sort of protection, like maybe holy water or a cross or a salt line, um, they can still, like just hop inside of you and decide to possess you, which is what happens in The Exorcist. That's scary because not only do you lose control of yourself because they're just controlling you at that point, but also everything that's happening to you, like people are trying to fight you off because you're a demon, but everything they do to you is being done to the human that's trapped by the demon, if that makes sense. I'm sure you lost some listeners there, but that's going to make sense to anyone that follows these type of movies that you're, yeah, that you're into. Yeah, or watched all of Supernatural, like I almost did. Um, but on the other hand, like, literally, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like some, like, redneck incest child wearing, like, human skin and chasing you with a chainsaw, like, hello and a family of them because there's like a family of them doing this that's the creepiest part to me is that the family like covers for him like it's a they make it a game for him that to me is very eerie because there's probably some redneck village down in arkansas or texas or wherever you know where i mean obviously this doesn't happen but it does happen though these are based that one's based on a true story but then again so is demon possessions Kelsey and I have a little bit different opinions on poltergeists and demons and ghosts. And we talked about it a little bit with Annabelle in the last episode. We're not going to waste time on that. So for me, 
yes, okay, The Exorcist is a legendary movie. Some legendary scenes. But the villain just doesn't do it for me. Like, if a priest can go head-to-head with you for the finale, you're probably not that good of a villain. Leatherface, on the other hand, is... He's like a Michael Myers and a Hannibal Lecter combined. He's got some cannibalism and some indestructible creepiness and just urge to kill uh, that the Michael Myers brings. So for me, it's Leatherface. I'm actually going to agree with you, but for different reasons. I feel like if you're possessed by a demon, a lot of times you have people that are aware of it and are trying to help you. And you have like a team of people going against this demon. So your chances are a little bit better of coming out of it in the end and being okay. Um, If you're trapped in a house with a family of murderers and the head murderer is once again wearing human skin and chasing you with a chainsaw, your chances are a little slimmer. So I'm going to go with Leatherface as well. And checking in with the Colin votes, he voted for Pazuzu. All right. I mean, I can understand. All right. The next match is 13-seeded Jason Voorhees versus 4-seed Jigsaw from the Saw series. I have recently come across YouTube videos that give you ways that you could get out of Jigsaw's contraptions. And it's very interesting. You would watch those YouTube videos. I feel bad for anyone standing behind me at the gym and sees what I'm watching while I'm doing cardio. But I've also been thinking about this. I see Jigsaw as like Charles Manson, right? He makes these traps puzzles, games, whatever you want to call them. He makes them. But technically, you make the choices once you're in them. Some of them come across a little unsurvivable to me. But as I've been watching these YouTube series, some of them you can very well survive with your life. Like you can walk away with your life. You might not walk away with all your limbs, but you'd walk away with your life. That being said, the reason he reminds me of Charles Manson is because, A, he's not technically killing you. He's putting you in a situation where you could get killed. And also, he has, like, minions that are helping him, right? So it's not just him. But, I mean, do I want to wake up in a trap that could rip my jaw apart? No. Doesn't make him any less scary. In fact, he's really freaking smart, and that should be terrifying as it is. Jason Voorhees, who we all know was not the original killer in the first Friday the 13th, so don't come for us. We have our knowledge. Is still, once again, terrifying. I mean, he's basically a serial killer on steroids, right? He's a crazy man with a knife. How is that not scary? A knife? Michael Myers had a knife. Jason Voorhees carries a machete. We're not calling that thing a knife. If, <laughs> if you're calling that thing a knife, you're being very, very conservative. A very large knife. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I honestly, 
I'm more scared of the Saw movies. Before you vote, before you vote, let me give you my two cents here. Did you notice that when I said Jigsaw, I said from the Saw series? Did you notice I didn't have to tell you what Jason Voorhees is from? That character, that name, that sound, horror movies. Like, horror movies. When you think of Friday the 13th, it's it's a scary date. I don't even know what the origin is. Who cares? It is Jason Voorhees Day. But I think what Jason Voorhees has against him is, okay, so he was the original, right? Wouldn't you agree? He was the original crazed man at the summer camp. He was the original, like, don't have sex in a scary movie because you're going to die. You know what I mean? But because he's been redone so many times, has he lost the fear that he carries? Does that make sense? I don't know if we're going to agree on this one. I have a feeling we're not going to. You're really going to say Jigsaw. And that triggers me because... What scares me about Saw, though, is that you're killing yourself. If I don't cut my leg off and get a key out of my upper thigh or whatever the dealio is, right? I'm going to get impaled? Like, so basically I either lose a limb, which I have to cut off myself, or I die anyways. But Jason Voorhees isn't even giving you that option. He is just slashing you because he is an evil man. I, I I can't like I said I if I was ranking if I was ranking my bracket I would have had Jason Voorhees as my one seed and I am worried about what you're gonna vote because Colin might be a little little bit of a loose cannon and <laughs> and I do not believe Jigsaw should win this matchup but it comes down to the vote and I am voting Jason Voorhees. I feel like we could argue this for another 30 minutes and I would still come to the same conclusion. So I'm going to go with Jigsaw. So we turn to the Colin vote for the first time oh. he decides a match. This is the first nail biter. Jigsaw. Woohoo! He, he does make the caveat that in a fight, Jason Voorhees would win, but just from a horror aspect, Kind of what you were saying, it's he votes Jigsaw. And that is deflating for me because I was I thought Jason Voorhees could go far in this tournament. Jason Voorhees could wake up one day hovering above a tub of acid, being told from a cassette tape that he has to solve a puzzle to get out of it. I'm just saying. Interesting concept for some fan fan film or fan fiction, whatever they Ooh, whatever they call someone it. Someone makes that movie. I want the credit. There's a sweet YouTube video of Jason Voorhees fighting Michael Myers. Uh, the f it's like fan-made, but it's really, really well done. It's like a 10-minute film. Um, check it out. Really good. All right, moving on. We have the three-seed Norman Bates from Psycho against the 14-seed Pennywise from the movie It. If I'm not mistaken, Pennywise, I believe, is actually like a demon, not just like I think for people that don't know anything about it would look at him and be like, oh, it's just a murdering clown. No big deal. 
but he's actually like a demon that has like powers. You know what I mean? So back to like your argument earlier on in the bracket about like how Hannibal Lecter is just like at the end of the day, he's just a man, but he's still really scary. I mean, I think what makes Pennywise so scary is that he actually has abilities to create terrifying situations. Um, Norman Bates, I mean, he's a crazy guy. He's a crazy dude who kills. That's scary, too. He doesn't have the mind that we all have. He doesn't have the ability to feel guilty. You know? He's hearing his mom's voice in his head. <laughs> like, she's dead. Um, I feel like for me, this one's easy. But maybe it's just because I'm biased and terrified of clowns. But I'm going to go with Pennywise. And I don't think that comes from just lack of knowledge. I have seen Psycho. I still think he's crazy and terrifying. But I just don't think that he matches up against someone like Pennywise and wins. You know what I mean? Well, so that makes me feel better because I will go on record and say I have not seen Psycho. Um, I have seen Base Motels, but that doesn't really give you, you know, it's like a, you know, backstory or whatever. Um, so I'm voting Pennywise. And for me, it is partially lack of knowledge about uh, Norman Bates and Psycho, but I don't think Pennywise is a slouch, and I don't think that needs much defending. Um, even even in the reboot, I see again. I thought the It reboot was really a really good watch. I'm not saying it was a really good movie, but it was definitely worth the ten dollars we spent for a movie ticket to see it in theaters. I was shocked by how much they showed in It, like. Even in the opening sequence, when the kid is, like, looking into the storm drain or whatever you'd call it and sees the clown, I'm like, okay, they're probably just going to pull the kid down the, like, hole. You know what I mean? Um, no. An alien mouth shoots out from the clown's mouth and devours the kid. Like, were you expecting that? Because I certainly wasn't. So what's your vote? My vote is Pennywise. Mine is also Pennywise. And Colin also said Pennywise. So that's another 3-0 sweep. I think that shows our age a little bit. Um, I feel like it has um, aged better. You know, it it's probably just as creepy now as it was when it came out. Uh, Psycho, I, mean, I haven't seen Psycho, so I can't say, but. I just think the ideas have grown as far as making things scarier and scarier. Back when Psycho came out, I'm sure that was the epitome of terror and the epitome of scary. And it still is at its most basic level. Um, But I think that people have gotten more creative and have found more ways to scare you through movies. So, I don't know. I feel like horror has grown so much since then that it's hard to compete, you know? And that brings us to 11-seated Annabelle over 6-seated Samara. Annabelle is from the Annabelle series, the Conjuring series. 
Samara is that creepy girl with the black hair from the ring. Annabelle. Really? Really? Here's the solution to the ring. Do you want to know what the solution is? Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie. Oh, have you seen this movie? I see. I hear if you watch it, you die in seven days. Why would you be like, oh, yeah, pop it in. I'll go make some pop secret popcorn. Let's watch it. Come on, y'all. You said verbatim that you could punt Chucky. At least Chucky moves. Annabelle doesn't even move. She just sits there the whole time. She literally just sits there in her movies. If that girl gets out of the box, I don't know what's going to happen to our world. I feel like Samara coming out of the the hole for the first time is one of the creepiest scenes I've ever seen. And the whole concept that you can't get away from her, you know, it's like the final destination thing. If you watch that movie, it doesn't matter what you do. She's finding you. You're dead. That's wild. But here's the solution. Don't watch it. I'm trying to remember. So I watched The Ring and then I vowed never to watch it again because it really did scare the crap out of me. Now, that being said, I was kind of younger. And so, like, I hadn't seen a lot of scary movies at that point. But I just remember, like, thinking to myself, wait, technically, did I watch the movie? Because I watched a movie within a movie. Like, you know what I mean? But that being said, I'm trying to remember how they actually got themselves in that situation. I believe the first person watched it as, like, thinking it wasn't real. That person dies. And then the rest of the movie is people watching it to try to figure out what was in the movie that actually killed the person. Yeah. But as they watch it, they become next on the list. You know, seven days. So they watch it. They get the phone call. Seven days. And then their timeline starts. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I said last week that I would break Annabelle out of that stupid glass box and let her stay in my house for X amount of money. I am not effing with Samara. Um, I Samara's my choice. She's she's the better villain. I've just heard so many stories, and I know you don't choose to believe, but of people like visiting the museum in Connecticut. I think it's yeah, in Connecticut. Um and like doing things like even tapping on the glass outside of Annabelle's like box. And like I heard one story where they did that and all of a sudden they were driving home and they lost control of their motorcycle. Like no explanation. I honestly believe in the power of Annabelle and for that I'm terrified. Now I understand that coming in contact with Annabelle too would be a choice because now she's in a box but back when they didn't know more about her it wasn't much of a choice like you could have just moved into a house gone up to your attic and annabelle could have been up there all right so once again we are going to the colin votes for a tiebreaker and colin votes for annabelle that's Two times we've needed the Colin tiebreaker, and both times he voted with you. All right, what's the next round? Next, we have the seven-seated Ghost Face from the Scream series and ten-seated Carrie White from the Carrie series. 
I feel like this one is kind of easy. Now, both of these villains definitely b- belong here um, because they're both legendary and they're both um, like landmarks in horror, I should say. Um, the scary thing about Ghostface is that it's multiple people. It's like a scheme. And to them, it's just a game. Like, it's so messed up how they're, like, murdering their classmates and stuff. Like The Fonz? They murdered the Fonz? Yeah. And they don't care. Like, they think it's funny. It's so weird. I was never personally very scared of the Carrie movies. Like... You feel bad for the girl, but like just in general, she is not a scary villain to me at all. Like she's less scary than Annabelle. You just pissed her off. I mean, she has powers and you pissed her off. You dumped pig's blood on her. What did you think was going to happen? Once again, easily avoidable. I feel like in another world, you could be friends with Carrie. You're not going to be friends with somebody who's choosing to put on that mask and kill you. And you don't even deserve it. They're just doing it because they can do it. Because they want to make like a scary movie. You know what I mean? There's something about these uh, horror movies that have villains with masks. Where when you see that mask, you know exactly what it's from. Ghostface is one. Jason Voorhees is another. Michael Myers is another. Like, I mean, even the Jigsaw doll. Like, You see that Jigsaw doll, you know exactly what it's from. Um, so that kind of speaks to like how much these villains actually touch people uh, in a horror sense because it sticks with you so much right you see hockey mask you think jason Voorhees because of how terrifying he was wearing that hockey mask so uh, we both we agree on this i vote Ghostface. i think the word we were looking for with that is they're iconic you know um i agree too and also that's actually based off of a true story of two guys if i don't sorry if i murder this um storytelling here but i believe it's two guys who like just murdered their friend just to see what it would be like because they were fans of horror films and that's more common than you think unfortunately so i agree ghostface and checking in with colin's vote he also voted for ghostface so that is another 3-0 sweep and the last match of the first round is 15 seated Candyman. Against two-seated Jack Torrance from The Shining. This is a good matchup because in both cases, you have just a normal person who's kind of being taken over by like a spirit or an entity that is turning them into a killer. You know what I mean? So in which scenario is the villain worse? I am personally going with the Candyman because he's not confined. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jack is confined to that hotel, right? Like, it's a haunted hotel now? Yeah. Whereas Candyman is not confined to a certain location. And you don't know who his victim is going to be. Like, it's a little bit more, it could be anybody. Versus Jack, like you said, is confined to a hotel. Has gone absolutely psycho. Um, but his immediate target victims 
are his wife and child. Now, I know there's other people that do come to the hotel or, you know, are present at the hotel that are also victims. Oh, my gosh. One of our light bulbs just went out. That's so scary. Oh, gosh. So which, so which of these villains that lost <laughs> is here mad at us right now? Probably the demon. Oh, my gosh, Brian. We didn't pick the demon. Oh, guys, I'm really scared now. Okay. Anyways, um, sorry, Mr. Demon. And I'm going to go <laughs> with Candyman. I'm really scared. That's so creepy. So I vote for Candyman. Kelsey voted for Candyman. Colin's vote is for Jack from The Shining. Um, but Candyman advances. I also feel like in The Shining, now I know that they're kind of remote and that they're somewhat trapped at this hotel, but I feel like there were some hints that like he was going a little haywire to the point where she could have probably gotten her child and gotten out of that hotel with their lives still. Which I believe they do survive it, but I'm saying like it could have been a little easier if she had caught on a little sooner and like gotten the heck out of there. You know what I mean? All right. So getting into round two of the horror region, we've got Hannibal Lecter up against Freddy Krueger. That's a hard one. I don't think it is. I don't really think it is either. Mostly because of our last conversation with Freddy Krueger with, with him. I think Freddy's round one matchup against Michael Myers was way more difficult than going up against Hannibal Lecter. I guess once again, it's like if you are in a situation with Hannibal Lecter, like, first of all, there's a slimmer chance of you encountering him. Secondly, like, once again, with Freddy Krueger, like, you can't even fall asleep. Like, he literally kills people in their sleep. So, I th- I agree. I think it's easy. Freddy? I think most people will agree. They might not agree that Freddy's in round two over Michael Myers, like I said. But Freddy over Hannibal is... It's a landslide. Let's see if Colin agrees. Nope. Colin went with Hannibal. He said for the fear factor, it's Freddy. But just cold-blooded, scary, intelligent, he's picking Hannibal. And then so he said his final answer is Hannibal. So that kind of got dicey. But Freddy does move on. And that brings us to Leatherface versus Jigsaw. And again, this is another one where People might not agree that Jigsaw's here, but he is. You know, he, in my opinion, he upset Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Oh, I could go on. I could go on about him, but but he's here, and we got Jigsaw versus Leatherface. I feel like you're underestimating just how scary, like the Saw franchise is. These movies gave me anxiety. Well, just about everything gives me anxiety, uh, but these movies definitely uh, triggered 
an anxious mode in Kelsey. You said yourself that you watch YouTube videos of ways to get out of his traps. Yeah, but in the moment, you're panicking. You're not going to be like, oh, I could stick this in the gear and therefore stop the gear from stabbing this knife into my head. Like, you're not thinking about that in the moment. Try getting away from a chainsaw. Good luck. But have you seen the movie? (laughs) He's not very fast. No, but he's like Jason in the sense that they have, like, endless stamina. I don't care. You could run for five miles. The second you take a break, he's going to be right on your ass. I will say this, though. Jigsaw primarily targeted people who either had done something wrong in his eyes, which, I mean, they did do something wrong, like maybe lied or something like that. Was it worth, like, did the crime fit the punishment? No. Um, But then he would also, like, target people that are associated with said person. So... Texas Chainsaw, it was always just random because people are dumb and decide to take road trips into the backcountry and stop at these gas stations that are clearly sketchy. I don't even stop at one that doesn't look like it has a bathroom. Yeah, but so anytime you see those gas stations now, you're like, nah. (laughs) Like that's that's the aura that Texas Chainsaw Massacre has is that these backwoods, Gas stations, like, you're not stopping at them anymore. So many movies could have been prevented if all of you just saw that you were at half a tank and thought to yourself, hmm, before I get into this stretch that probably doesn't have any gas stations, I should fill up at this quick trip. Come on. All right. I mean, I think you can tell. I'm voting Leatherface on this one. Jigsaw, yeah, creepy mastermind. Not... He is not the overall villain that I consider Leatherface. I'm going to go with Leatherface just because the target is random. I feel like you could avoid Jigsaw. You would just have to live a perfect life and not do anything that he considers offensive or wrong. Um, but that being said, the the victims are a little bit more random for Leatherface, which I think is a little scarier. So I agree. And Colin also went with Leatherface. So we have a 3-0 sweep in round two. And it brings us to Pennywise versus Annabelle. You know, one thing I noticed looking at the bracket, and I know you can't see it, but um, I'm looking at it now. The seating that I got from, you know, listing the movies the way I did, um, it really stacked the upper half of this bracket. I feel like, I mean, Jason, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, like all being in the same half of the bracket, um, like any one of those probably, in my opinion, come out of this bottom half of the bracket where we have Pennywise versus Annabelle and Ghostface versus the Candyman. But, you know, here we are. Um, so Pennywise versus Annabelle. Creepy clown versus creepy doll. As shocking as this is, because Annabelle does still terrify me, I feel like the chances of you coming into contact with Annabelle or provoking Annabelle are kind of within your control, especially now since she's at that museum. 
Um, versus Pennywise, I mean, it's not like these kids went out seeking to find him. You know what I mean? He found the kids. Also, he can pretty much bring any fear to life. So I'm going to go with Pennywise. I will also go with Pennywise. At the end of the day, Annabelle is a doll. Uh, boy, do not. We live together, so <laughs> if I if I piss off the demon, Kelsey. <laughs> also, the light that went off is now back on, and it's not even flickering. So don't don't be bringing in that mojo into my house the fact that pennywise can yeah move around himself and um i don't know i i'm just not that scared of annabelle i'm sorry i'm just looking at you like lord help him mr colin says pennywise so that's another 3-0 sweep And then the last round two battle is Ghostface from Scream and the Candyman. The way so the Candyman, the original Candyman is, you know, like before our time, and I'm wondering how we're gonna feel after the new Candyman comes out. But in my opinion, like Scream was one of the first uh, horror movies of my like. I don't know, probably came out when I was like a young teenager. That stuck with me. Like in a fight, we're probably picking like the entity, the the Candyman. But just as like a movie villain and the way it impacted me and everything, I, I'm going to vote for Ghostface. I agree with you. Like in a fight between the two of them, I think Candyman would win. Um... But yeah, it is scary to think about like in all the Scream films, like the person behind the mask seemed to always change or there'd be multiple people that were in on it. And like the reasonings are just like, oh, because we like scary movies, so we murdered our friends or, oh, I want to be famous like in the most recent Scream film. So I murdered all these people like... I don't know. That's a little more scary to me. So your vote is for? Uh, Ghostface. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ghostface. And Colin also voted for Ghostface. So that's a 3-0 victory for him. And we are into the last four of this region. Final four. Well, of the region. Remember, remember. Oh. <laughs> the winner of this region will make the final four. But just in this region, we've got... Freddy Krueger against Leatherface. Freddy Krueger. I don't know. Like, once again, are we not considering you have to sleep? You have to sleep to live. But if you sleep, haha, here I am to kill you. Like, there's no control in the situation. Either you die from sleep deprivation or you die from him coming into your dreams and killing you. I did find it interesting. Have you seen Freddy vs. Jason? Uh, no, I don't really find myself pulled towards those kind of films. 
It reminds me of the Godzilla stuff that you like. Like you're just taking two villains and having them fight throughout an entire film. Yeah, awesome. Cool. <laughs> well, they, you know, Freddy lives in Dream World. I don't know what the heck they call it in the movies. Uh, but he lives in your dreams, right? And Jason's trying to kill these people in real life. So to get Jason to be able to fight Freddy, like they put him in a coma or they give him like tranquilizers or something. So he sleeps. So then Freddy shows up in Jason's dreams to kill Jason. And like, that's where they fight. Like their fight is in Jason's dreams, um, which is kind of cool. But I feel like if Leatherface was dreaming, I don't think he's got, he is not Jason. He's messed up and he's, you know, got some sort of super strength probably, but Again, Freddy's already beaten Michael Myers, and he's not losing a leather face. And if you're living in that, like, horror film world, I think it's easier to avoid a leather face situation than it is to avoid a Freddy situation. And I, I do want to clarify. I'm just not voting for Freddy because I think he would beat Leatherface. I just think that his, his skill set makes him a better villain. Yeah, if Leatherface was dreaming, I mean, I'm sure he could just take that chainsaw and cut Freddy into pieces, but. Did you already vote? Okay. So I vote for Freddy Krueger. You vote for? Freddy. And Colin also votes for Freddy. So Freddy is moving on. And then we've got Pennywise versus Ghostface. I feel like for me, although, like, obviously I was pretty confident that Ghostface was a pretty badass villain, I feel like when it goes against Pennywise, like, Pennywise can literally create anything you're afraid of. Like, he can create pure fear for you yeah that's creepy and he's going after kids like and i know that technically ghostface was going after kids too because they were in high school but i'm talking like kids i think the killers and scream would be way more scared of pennywise than pennywise would be of the killers from scream i agree i don't feel like they even tried to sugarcoat pennywise at all and for that reason i'm gonna go with pennywise and Colin goes with Pennywise. And that brings us to the finals of our horror villain bracket. And I think it's I think it's a good matchup. Like, I was a little worried after seeing how weak the bottom of this bracket was. Norman Bates, Samara, they like they just don't they don't have the firepower. But I think I really think Pennywise is a valid contender versus Freddy Krueger. Do I think maybe a certain hockey mask wearing villain should be here instead? Eh, but we're here. We've got a clown versus someone that kills you in your dreams. I feel like Stephen King is like the god of horror, but like horror that goes a little bit deeper and that isn't just like, Oh, here's a crazed murderer. I feel like I would be more scared in a Pennywise world. And once again, I know that I said, like, Freddy gets into your dreams and, like, that's terrifying. But Pennywise can also get you when you're awake. 
I imagine he could probably get you when you're sleeping. Maybe not in the same way as Freddy, but... And he can trap you. Like, he can literally coerce you into a situation and, like, entrap you. I don't know. I don't want to, like, give an answer too soon, but I'm going with my gut here, and I feel like I'm going to go with Pennywise. I can't. I can't do it. I, I, I disagree with you on this. Everything that we said about Freddy so far has made me pretty convinced that he is um, he's a pretty awesome horror villain. His, his skill set is terrifying. He can go blow for blow with people like Jason, as we've seen. He's probably, like just on looks alone, the creepiest person in this list. I know you're going to say Annabelle is scarier looking than Freddy Krueger, but Freddy is pretty ugly. He also goes after, you know, like teenagers in the town. I I just feel like everything manifests to Freddy epitomizes horror for me. When I think of horror, I think of the big three. I think of Michael Myers, Jason, and Freddy. Um, Pennywise deserves to be here, but I'm voting for Freddy. You didn't coerce me, so we're at a standstill. Well, since we're doing this live and therefore waiting for Colin's answer live, did you pick a beer? I did. I am going to go with the Louise Demise. The the Sam Adams was nice and refreshing, um, but when I was done with it, the Louise Demise hit pretty good. Um, it's a nice smooth amber and uh, way more my style of beer that I would I would tend to drink. So yeah, that will move on. And despite how hard I searched for the Bud Light Strawberry Jackery, um. And the fact that I had to invest in a large variety pack of the Summer Series for Bud Light Seltzers, which I'm not mad about because there's actually a margarita one in there that I'm interested to try as well. And a mojito one. Oh, sounds delicious. I'm going to go with White Claw Pineapple. It just reminds me of a pina colada. It's so yummy. So you're going with Freddy, and I'm going with Pennywise. And Colin is going with, drumroll please. It's crazy that the final's coming down to Colin's vote, and he says, Freddy, don't look at me like that. You're the one that convinced me how awesome Freddy is. You have to admit he's deserving to win this bracket. Whether I mean, there's a couple other options that might also be deserving, Freddy's, he is... He's pretty solid in the game of horror. I will say that. He just checks all the boxes. So I don't feel bad seeing him take this bracket down. And it's going to be interesting to see now uh, who wins these other villain brackets. Like, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a wide variety of villains that we're going to be including in these things. You know, when you're when you're putting horror against horror, when you're putting Freddy against Jason or Freddy against Michael Myers. All of a sudden you're going to have like Freddy versus like Scar from The Lion King. <laughs> right. You're going to have Freddy versus Thanos. Like there's it's going to get a little more interesting than this. Uh, and I'm excited to see that. But but Freddy's a worthy representative of the horror bracket. Oh, I agree. 
I do find it funny too that no film has really tried to like redo the story of like a murderer that kills people in their dreams. Like no one's really tried it yet. And it's almost like they know that that's Freddy's thing. You know what I mean? At least no one has successfully tried it to the point where I have seen a movie where they do it. All right. On that note, guys, we will see you next week for the next region. Bye.